Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 418 of the JV Club with my simply marvelous guest, Eric Balfour. I know we're not quite into boys of summer yet, but I really wanted to get this episode with Eric recorded and out into the world because it is part of our attempt to support publicity for Country Comfort, which is a show we worked on together that we absolutely loved doing. I know you're going to love this episode. It's so fascinating. Eric is so terrific. And it's It gives us the chance to give some love to the show, and we encourage you to do the same, be it on social media, even if it's not a show for you, which, by the way, I would have thought it was not a show for me until I did it, worked on it, have now watched it, and I love it so much. Recommend it to other people. You know what I mean? Uh, Let's get another season on Netflix. And then I would be remiss if I did not say I am very excited for Max Fun Drive to begin. It starts next week. We have so many wonderful things in store for our Max Fun supporters. If you already are a supporter, we love you and thank you so much. If you're not able to support monetarily, you know I still love you. You can do other things to support Max Fun Drive. So check out the info we're going to be passing along next week as the drive begins. And always feel free to leave a positive iTunes review too to help the show get more love there. All right, wonderfuls. I will talk to you soon. And I'm recording the Zoom just in case of some kind of colossal fuck up on either one of our parts on our locals. So we'll have... That's kind of my my specialty is colossal fuck ups. (laughs) I know you were... Was was that your first band? Colossal fuck ups? Or was that somewhere deeper in? Colossal fuck ups was um, my first band. It was cool because it was like, you know, mostly like 12 and 13 year olds. It was a boy band. Uh (laughs) Actually, it's kind of apropos for... 12 and 13 year old boys. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Although that would be like this, like maybe like the skate punk boy band, which yeah. I don't well, know that what was that kind sounds of, that like. Is that like Misfits? Was... It's like 12 year old Misfits covers. Uh, I think, well, I think they, it started as the Circle Jerks. So. Oh, good point. Good. That point. was a real, I mean, that was a real band. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, yeah. I had a huge crush on a kid named Adam all, all through high school who was very, very shy, who was like, massive misfits circle jerk like like had you know did he have bangs oh for sure had bangs carried a skateboard around like everything was you know a big baggy like black shirt but like long sleeve shirt but then also a black t-shirt over that um and skate shoes and would just sit and doodle like like dripping skulls which i don't even know how skulls drip but somehow his skulls were always dripping i mean if you skate snakes Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, right? Yeah. I love it. You don't meet those you didn't meet I didn't meet those girls very often. There weren't a lot of chicks who were I had one. Did you? I had one. Oh my god. Okay. I'm in real quick. So it was fifth grade. There was by the way, there is no real quick. This is the podcast, so you can say whatever how whatever you want for however long you want. So I was in sixth grade. Um I I don't know if I'm allowed I don't even know if she exists. I don't know. I I mean maybe she's changed her name and gotten married. But anyways, I'll say it. So sixth grade, Dearborn Elementary. Her name was Kristen Tiongson. She was so fucking cool. She <laughs> only wore denim skirts and metal band t-shirts Yeah. every day. Every day was either Metallica, Megadeth, Iron Maiden. Um, it was awesome. And she was so hardcore about her love for metal 
that one day in class they were doing some kind of like cultural something and the teacher played country music uh, wait. <laughs> this wasn't a pun yeah we'll just fast forward past why um, that would be happening <laughs> yeah so <laughs> they started playing country music and it was so upsetting to her dark metal soul that she cried in class <laughs> It's so it's so upset, you know, the demons inside of her that she cried. I love I was amazing. so oh, I was upset. I was obsessed with her and we were boyfriend and girlfriend for almost an entire week. Was I was going to say uh, anything that's pa- that lives <clears throat> past a week at that age, there's something going on. And nice. I had that. I mean, I had a long I had a, a like a sort of quote unquote long term relationship like with whole, mo- uh, whole month or like the entire summer. Or something like that. I mean, listen, by sixth grade. I feel like sixth grade was really the best of times and worst of times in terms of my experience oh, yeah. at school. My boyfriend, Barrett, who I, I did have on the podcast several years ago because we are still in touch. Um, <laughs> he uh, he and I had a real it was a real tempestuous like both of our parents were, you know, like separated and angry and we were angry. Yeah. And we would just make out like out on the baseball field. We just make out. In, fi- in sixth grade, just vigorously, but like no tongue because you don't know. So it was just like mushing, like yeah, mouth just, mushing yeah. for just hours. It was just face slamming. Yeah, just full face slamming. Um, and yeah, and uh, and it was, it, and, and I definitely had like weird feelings of, you know, there would be times where we'd be like making out in one of our rooms and our parents, I think, were just so either preoccupied with whatever there was going on in their own lives or just assumed like they're children. I mean, they're children. Who cares if they close the door? But we'd be making yeah. out again, nothing, no petting, nothing like that. But I would still suddenly be struck with this like incredible feeling of guilt and discomfort. Like, oh, really? my, Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I was I remember being I was like nine and and her name was Melody von Zernick. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with all their names. Somehow, it, <laughs> somehow, somehow it makes it somehow it makes it more. You know, I like feel like it makes puts, it more. I, think I feel like it makes it more. Yeah, oh, I feel like it makes it more real no, for he, everybody. Yeah, yeah, he's it's real, it's real, it's real. But um, Melody von Zernick, I was nine, she was twelve. We spent most of our time skateboarding together, and we had the same haircut. Uh-huh. Um, but I was obsessed, and and we got to fool around a little, but then. She left for the summer, and another girl down the street, Lori Whiskerson. <laughs> also, um, these names are great. I know. I, mean, like, I don't, you couldn't. They no. sound kind of like they belong inside a novel of some kind. Like, yeah, Emily Whiskerson. Um, I love you, but, Emily. Yeah, but Lori Whiskerson showed up. At, oh, Lori, um, sorry. So it's okay. She, I'm not offended. She uh, showed up, and and um, uh. Yeah, that was uh, that was my first. Um, I, I think I think technically I I think technically at nine I I sadly cheated on Melody yeah. with Lori. It was heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, like you know, I I was being seduced by a thirteen-year-old oh, who yeah. I had no I had no I had no ability or or skill set to to fend off that kind of right. um, assault. Right. And, 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 oh. yeah. Seduction. It was, it was beyond. Aye, it was aye. beyond my. It was beyond my years. It was beyond your years. Wait, now, so where's Dearborn? Are you? Where, where, I, I'm. I'm from here. You're I'm from LA. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah I'm. I'm. Uh, my family um, started out. Um, and they came here. Um, I, you know, we had some of our family was from here. It was Native American Indian. And, uh, other family came from France and, and Russia. 
Um, but my mom's side of the family, which was Russian Jews, um, they settled in East LA in Boyle Heights. You know, East LA, East LA in the 1920s um, was this melting pot of lots of different cultures. It was, you know, uh, it was Hispanic, but it was also Korean and Russian and, you know, everybody. Um, Yeah. And it wasn't until they started building uh, the five freeway down there in the 110 and separating East LA culturally. Right. um, Right. From the rest of the city. that, that that East LA became a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. Um, yeah, but you know, we can do a podcast on racism and, and gentrification later. <laughs> yeah, those are long conversations. But but I will but say, yeah. So I'm from here. Is yeah, my point. and that's and and Boyle Heights really is. I mean, you know, that's that is truly. I don't want to say it's mythic in the sense that I don't like. I certainly don't want to turn it into like a a, a storybook or a novel or a movie in the sense of everything that you just described, <laughs> including the in, incredible racism and just just conflict. And I mean, don't even get me started on the Chavez Ravine and like building Dodger Stadium and stuff. But yep. th- that's that's in- those are those are really intense times and and you know zoot suits and and you know all i mean all of that kind of stuff uh is fascinating i mean that i could i really could i could just read like a two thousand page book on on boyle heights through the ages it's It's a fascinating area yeah that's great so do you have that sort of feeling about like that that sort of fierce la pride of of, oh yeah one of few people who is you know yeah my son so you know my my oliver is is fourth generation Los Angeles. It's it's sort of a rarity. It is, um, yeah. You know, my friends. You know, except for my friends who who are Mexican are like, yeah. You're, I don't know anyone who's been here as long as you guys. Like, except for us. Right, um, right. <laughs> it's unheard of. Um, but yeah, so I definitely I was. I mean, I'm an I I, I am an LA kid. You know, yeah. Uh, Lakers and surfing and all of it. Well, that's, I mean, again, like, I'm just, again, I'm totally mythologizing you, even though I keep saying I'm not going to, but um, that's, that, because that's one of the things that I talk about a lot that comes up in conversation a lot is all of these different, massively different and, and large and rich and cultured communities that span the basin, basically, um, that you can have all of these different experiences of Los Angeles. And, you know, like being in Boyle Heights is not the same. It's not equivalent to being in Los Feliz in the 20s and making movies in Hollywood land. And like, yeah. so the fact that you've 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 touched all of these different key sort of amazing pieces of L.A. that sometimes don't intersect for a lot of people is kind of remarkable. Yeah, it's interesting because we we we. You know, we live over on the west side now. We live in Venice, and you know, I think my mom, you know, I my my parents, you know, uh, my mom had a house in the valley, and my grandparents were, you know, later in my other side of the family in Burbank, and I, I kind of, you know, um, I, I I just found my way over to Venice. But my mom was actually like born in Venice, or it grew up for a few years in Venice because my grandparents moved there. But you know, it's been like we've gotten to see all different kinds of sides of the city you know i have family in sort of all different places and, and lifestyles and so it's been really neat for me and it's something i hope that that you know oliver gets to see too because you know this the this, this city is becoming more and more segmented and and sort of tribal and, and so it's a challenge you know like I, I my biggest fear is that i end up with this when i raise this this boy who doesn't have any understanding or empathy for 
other people and cultures and places and so we're you know we work i try we work hard to make sure yeah to see a little, i was gonna see say everything Step one is the fact that you're even concerned about it at all bodes very well for him, you know, because yeah. the fact that you're thinking about it already implies, I think, uh, action um, we'll rather see. than yeah. not. <laughs> he's already so, I mean, he's already so much cooler than You're like, than I mean, I, we've never I, let him leave our house. Did I not make yeah, that clear? He's actually sorry. never left the house. He, he yeah, he's all, but you know, he, that kid is so much cooler than I will ever be. Like, <laughs> I, I, nice. I, I'm obsessed with him. How, how did he do? How's he done in the pandemic? He's, I mean, it was, look, this is, uh, we were really lucky. This was, this has been an amazing experience for us. Um, He was young enough where he didn't really, it didn't really change his life very much because he was still, he was just barely starting to like venture out to parks and kind of play with, you know, play date friends. And he was only two years old. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, overly, um, debilitating for him, you know, it wasn't like he was in school and having to now do Zoom classes. So we were really all it was was Ollie got more of mommy and daddy, a lot more. Yeah. Um, my I mean my life changed so much when he was born. Anyways, um, mm. it was it, it was kind of a, a strange, unexpected blessing because you know as you you know you, you know like we're constantly. You know, as an actor, you sort of go, okay, I, I, you know, I, I'm waiting for the next job. And in between there, you have to sort of keep your, your sanity. Right. So you're like, well, I'm going to, you know, develop this and produce that and try to get this going and do that. I'm going to write this thing and then I'm going to go meet this thing. And, and, and you, you spin your wheels a lot, partially just because to, you hustle just because, and I don't even know, like sometimes the hustle just was just a way to keep your, 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 your standard, you feel like I have control of something. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm setting this meeting. I'm working on this project and no one can say I can't or didn't give me the job or didn't yep. do the thing. But it also creates, you know, for me, it created a lot of like, I was just sort of all over the place and a yes. lot of different things. And when yes. he was born, it was like, Oh, well, no, nothing, yeah. nothing <laughs> yeah. is, is more important than him. And, yeah. and so all of a sudden it made life it actually made life easier mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, whereas before, like some guy I'd known for da-da-da and was like, yeah, we're producing a movie. You want to read it and maybe come on as a producer? And then and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I guess I could do, do that. Right. Now you're like, oh, man, I, I, I love you, but uh, I appreciate you, but no, I need yeah. uh, if I'm not If I'm not making a living doing it or it's, you know, uh, incredibly um, – meaningful to me artistically creatively right it's not worth spending a minute away from my son and that became the calculation and so it made life really simple like yeah like i don't feel bad about missing out on things or parties or events or jobs you know you know like anytime anytime i don't get a job that's out of town i'm like okay cool yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. because you know there's that fine line they're like you're not going to go, you're not going to go audition for this, Eric. I'm like, I mean, it shoots in South Africa for like a (laughs) year. They're like, they're like, okay. But I'm like, ah, right. I guess I need, okay. 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 You're right. I need to. (laughs) Right. Right. Those, and those feelings are, you know, again, that's, that is, there is like a wonderful power to, to being able to say no and to, and to picture what your life is going to look like without that thing and be very, very content, if not relieved, that it 
is go- that your life is going to look more like it does than it would if you had gone to South Africa. Like, yeah. you know, and there are periods of time in our lives where, you know, whether we're in show business or not, like for many of us, that is hard to accept that that, you know, oh, like the, that it feels like the best possible scenario is this adventure that you're going to go across yeah. the seas to go do. And how could things staying more more or less status quo? How could that be better? And then if you're in a point in your life where mm, it's, it's kind of better, what a beautiful feeling. What yeah, a, it's, like it's, touchstone, you know, it, it's it, 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 it has been the most for me, it's been the most healing um, thing for my soul because I, I don't I mean, how long have you been doing this? Oh, God, not like you. I mean, you know, I was... <laughs> She's like, not, not as long I'm, as you've been trying. <laughs> no, I mean, I moved down here in 2005, okay. I think. So, you know, I, I started in probably 1990, I think, I don't know, three, something yeah. like that. Well, I mean, I've I was, been watching was, you and stuff yeah, for... I, I was long, 15. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's whenever somebody asks me about it, like Oliver, you know, they're like, he's so cute. You should let him do commercials or get into movies. I'm like, hell no. Yeah. Um, because as much as I love what we do creatively, when, it, when, it, when you're doing it, there's, there's something about our industry that is, is, is sort of unavoidably soul breaking yeah. to some degree. And maybe there's people, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's people who it doesn't affect them the rejection, the sort of um, judgment, uh, the, um, the 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 inspection of you of you you know sort of uh, objective uh, as as an object. Yeah, uh, it, it it never as a it brand never, as a brand. <laughs> yeah. It never settled for me. Um, yeah. I I didn't. I have never known how to work towards a role or work on a show without investing everything. So when I didn't get the job or the movie comes out and it's not a massive hit or the show gets canceled. I do. I had no ability to not have it break me. Um, And so it it absolutely affects me as a human. Like I know that I, I carry a certain level of like just self doubt because I'm like, oh, I'm not as good as them. I don't, you know, and I got this big nose and I got this long face and I got this weird da-da-da. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I just, all I ever dreamed about was looking like, you know, um, I don't know, Chad Michael Murray or somebody. Uh-huh. Like, you know. <laughs> but don't, but surely the, your whole career, other people have been telling you that, that what you, why that the only every, reason yeah, yes. that you're so that you are so like to be so unique looking but still so handsome and still I mean like that's I mean I, I'm not saying that's like massively important but it, it is certainly nice to especially yeah. if you're younger no. probably does pay off to stand out a little bit because if you did look like Chad um, <laughs> <laughs> poor Chad I mean it's actually Bless what am I saying I'm not I'm poor Chad he's it's a compliment you guys yeah you know handsome as fuck yeah um but no so so you know when i think about it like you know um i i now realize like you know i couldn't i when i was you know 15 i started and i was sort of a fluke and then i slowly but surely found my way into it and then by like 18 19 i was like yeah i really love doing this but and i started i i applied to colleges and i got into ucla and i couldn't i couldn't afford to go because i would sort of what happened was I, I started going and then I wasn't auditioning for like, a, you know, a guest spots on this, which, you know, at that time, you know, you do a six or seven thousand dollar guest spot and then there's a residual and that gets you through the year. Absolutely. At that age that, you know, I because I, I, I left home at 15. So I was like, you know, I need that money. 
And so I went to school and then realized very quickly, I was like, oh shit, I can't afford this. So then I, I, I had to like take that quarter off and I'd already paid for it. I was like, oh, this isn't, so it just, I was like, I just need to work. But in hindsight, you know, like I would have gone a very different route. Um, I would have gone, if if, I I tell kids all the time, I'm like, go to film school, Mm. learn, learn, you know, learn how to edit, learn how to write, learn how to, you know, light, you know, so you don't, you know, I mean, if you can control your destiny and, you know, like, think about it, like. You know, when was the last time, not, you know, uh, when was the last time somebody like Woody Allen got auditioned for something? Or got, like, forget audition. He doesn't audition, obviously. But when was the last time Woody Allen got offered a movie? Before be, turn, before finding out that he was, you know, a giant creep. But Right. I would beg to argue that, you know, he probably never. You know, like, right. who's, like, who's, who's, what studio is just going like, hey, let's get Woody. Yeah. Like Woody Woody Allen made his own movies. He wrote them. He produced them, and that was his career. He never, very often, you know, except for raising the money to do them, had to, right. you know. And the whole pro- I mean, I'm going on a tangent, but the whole process that we go through—it's so strange. I actually love where we are right now. Making self tapes. Yeah. If you're testing for something. They send the tape to to the network because. Yeah. I mean. Again, like that thing where you'd go sit at the the network's so main offices next to the it's two so nuts. next to the two people who are either going to not get or get the role that would you know change your life for the next five or ten years, yeah. and you're just sitting next to each other, just hanging out. It's and absurd. Just go, it's it's insane. It's absurd. It's so insane, and you know, then somebody would you know they walk out and they have a packet with your contracts as you're trying to like and you're like yeah they're like and just fyi this is the next six years of your life if it happens six years like they own you now i use that term that part i certainly but like yeah that part never bothered me because i am such a i'm so i i so desperately probably because of how my life is you know just gone i crave um stability Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Wonderfuls, if you are a regular listener to the JV Club, it can come as no surprise that we are sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh, I'm so excited to have a sponsor who is a proponent of talking about and dealing with various mental health issues and just also understanding that therapy is wonderful no matter what you're feeling, no matter how your life is. Happy, unhappy, lost, found, it's always good. I love therapy so much. And so I'm so happy to be telling you about BetterHelp. It is a customized online therapy and you can do phone, video, even live chat sessions, and they will match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. Let me tell you, that is not a long period of time to wait, and it is so easy to change therapists if needed. And just to reiterate, it doesn't have to be about a specific traumatic moment that you need to go to therapy for. It's just about managing your life and using therapy as a tool in your toolbox. That is certainly the way I have looked at therapy for my entire adult life. So... Cannot recommend it more. Uh, BetterHelp also is way more affordable than uh, many in-person therapies. So why don't you just see if it's for you? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the JV Club listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash JV Club. That's BetterHelp.com slash JV Club. Treat yourself right. 
Mr. Robot Man, what are you doing? I'm just taking one last look at my co-workers. Every journey comes to an end. Remember, Black, the space will be with you, always. Sorry, who are you again? Master Kiarondo. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Just calling in. <laughs> Friendships will be tested. Doll, you have to do it. You have to shoot Black. Okay. Well, you shot him so fast. Destinies will be fulfilled. I've become a complete bird. Oh, I'm flying. I'm flying. On April 28th, the saga starts concluding. Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show. We can do it in the old barn. We've got the costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys. Mission to Zix, the final season on Maximum Fun. Well, if you left home at, at 15, wait, let's back up on that for a second. Oh. Why so young? Um, and to where? If it was all still alive. So, so I, um, you know, I, my, my home life was just uh, tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was an angsty kid, and so I left. And I, you know, I was almost right before my 15th birthday, and I spent a little while living sort of dipshittily on the streets in Hollywood with kids that I knew and sleeping in yeah. vans and under freeway passes. And my grandparents, who were the sweetest, kindest people in the world, were in Burbank. I could have gone there, and they had a room for me. Uh, you know, I, was it I, I was part just, of it though? Was it sort of like I'm going to have this experience oh, of being it was, this kid? Yeah, yes, absolutely. It, yeah. It, it was. It had a lot more to do with sort of being angry at, at and, and hurt. Like yeah. I did. I, I didn't know how. Like it was like I. You know, this is where I should be. You know, like I'm going to show them. Like I, it was. There was a sort of you know, self punishment to punish. Hopefully, the people who were hurting me that it would hurt them. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there was some you know Freudian strange thing <laughs> so yeah so i you know it, and well that's I, not, there's not much you can do when <clears> you're young when you're young and you want to yeah. do that like you kind of only have like the best you can do is take over control of your own life yeah. and then do something that your parents won't like like there's not a whole lot of power yeah. you have other than that and then and then so you know i got and then you know i uh, somewhere in that year um i i got my uh, uh, uh my friend um who, a girl who became my girlfriend I ended up moving in with her and her mother for a while, and they, that was a whole wild trip. They, you know, they were this Hollywood. You know, she was a child star, and and, oh, wow. and had living this strange life with her, you know, Hollywood, you know, set mom. Mm. And I lived with them for like six months, and <laughs> I showed up at the house one day, and the mom came to the door, and she's like, "You can't come in." Um, and I was like, "Why?" She's like. Because and there had been this other kid hanging out in the pat in, in recent days and weeks, uh, and he had he had taken my spot. He moved into your spot. And the worst part was, is he was like he was like a famous. This guy, I forgot, oh, I forgot no. about this. So he was a famous child karate martial artist. So here so I was. Surreal. So here I was, like. I, I challenge. I, I, I was like, "How do I challenge this guy?" Because he was literally like, like a famous, like one of those like six year olds, and oh was in like some. He was in a movie with like Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, and Sylvester Stallone's ex wife, Red Sonia. 
And so like he was this flipping, kicking, like, and then now, and now, and now he's not like a six year old. He's like a, he's like a 15, 16 year old. And there I am. And I'm like, ah, and I was like, that actually, I think, I think that's what got me into fighting. Cause I was like, I don't ever want to have, you know, the next time I confront a, a child, kung fu a wielding child star, oh, I want to be, be able to take him out. <laughs> so I had to find another place to live. So then I was, you know, that place was gone. Oh, that, that was like heartbreaking. Dickens by way Dude, of like. I need to now that I think about it. I like. I need to start writing some of this shit down. You but, must. You but have so, to. So yeah. So then I, you know, so I, there I was, and then I was in a band, um, and we were rehearsing at this, you know, shitty little rehearsal studio um, in Hollywood, like at the corner of uh, uh, Vine and Santa Monica, next to where that Army Navy surplus. Started. Oh yes. And these guys were walking down the hallway and we had had our, it was, it was summer, so it was hot and we had our door open to our, lot, you know, rehearsal room and these kind of, you know, middle-aged guys poked their head in and they were like, hey, hey kid, you know, you sing? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you, you know, want to, you know, we're, we're having auditions down the hall for a television show. You want to come audition? I was like, whoa. I'm like, you guys are fucking pedophiles. Fuck off. <laughs> And then the look on their faces, they were like, no, we're not. <laughs> and they weren't. Turns out they weren't. They were television producers for um, a Disney Channel show called, <laughs> called Kids Incorporated. Kids and that Incorporated. Was, and that was my first job. Yeah. You know, an agent or a manager. And, and so, um, but yeah, I, you know, that's, it all happened that way. And so I tell kids, I'm like, I wish I, you know, I ended up learning about film and you know film theory and lighting and directing and writing later I, I sort of you know for over the past several years probably my early 30s what I started doing was hiring professors from film oh, institute nice. and USC yeah. and what I do is I'd hire them over the summer because they were you know out of sure. a job for the summer and I'd say hey you want to you know you want to make a little extra cash and yeah. give me lessons for That's four weeks so awesome and you know yeah and then and so I you know there's no degree with it. And, and there's also, you know, you don't get quite the same experience of like, you know, you, you make a thesis film and you, you know, you you have a, a group of other young filmmakers that you're working with. But I tell, right. I tell young actors, and like, A, don't, don't, don't be a theater major, <laughs> please. Right. Yeah. And, and learn how to do it all yourself. Because, yeah. you know, I, I just couldn't handle, I just, I still, I still, I still like the, the lack of control just. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even like less so, I mean, maybe, well, you certainly know better than I, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but to, it seems to a greater degree, because I think, you know, for all the things I rue about the internet, um, accessibility to media and stuff did change so much that <clears throat> I do feel like it helped kind of create a little bit more sense of, oh, I'm an actor, but I'm also entitled to learn how to do these other things or be good at these other things. 100%. But I bet, I mean, I'm assuming when you were 15, 16, like an actor was an actor, a producer oh, yeah. was a producer, a cinematographer was, yeah. you know, that there's a sense of sort of like, you don't cross the line. You're no. the talent. And yeah. that's, you know, that's yeah. very uh, insidious. And it is, it's like a, it's a value judgment that 
you know, I I perceived that before <clears> I even <throat> moved down here. Like I didn't ever want to tell anyone. I was so glad to have other things I could describe myself as uh, an always added actor, like a, apologetically, like muttering it under my breath. We at all the do. End of yeah. the statement, right? And and so yeah, that says a lot that that you know that there would be this sort of as as a smart creative person that you would feel like you have to bury that down yeah. in there so I, that you're I, not judged for it. I still do. Like even oh, like I if totally somebody do. doesn't <laughs> if somebody doesn't know who who I am or what I do, they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" I'm like, "Um, I work in the entertainment industry." Yeah. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, what what what, what do you do?" I'm like, "Um, eh, this and that." Yeah, I get it. I get it. Did you, so were you going to high school, regu- like were you going to a high school regularly even some, as this all started when you dropped out yeah, and all that? I was going to say, it sounds some like of the t- might have some been more of, the of a drop-in. Yeah, it was more of a drop-in. Um, I was going to Fairfax. I got kicked out because I wasn't showing up. Yeah. Um, but I ended up getting it all kind of back. You know, once I got that first job and then, um, you know, I got, you know, I ended up, I actually ended up hiring my, my sister's babysitter who was... 22 when I was 15 um, to be my set sitter because I technically had to have like an, an adult guardian yeah. with me on set. Oh, I didn't, I didn't have anyone, so I just we faked it and said God, she was nobody great. and nobody nobody this asked. Great, yeah. Nobody ever like nobody was like she is. I'm like I showed up with her and she was my adult and oh, nobody ever great. nobody ever cared. So I paid her to be, you know and <laughs> I paid her so to good. to be my set sitter. And I then turned um, 15. I was 15. And then, um, you know, at a certain point, um, I mean, I was, I was like totally in love with her. Like, it was this huge crush. And, and eventually, like, we ended up dating by the time I was like 16. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it was like this, you know, sort of whirlwind thing. And, and then I got a driver's license and a car. And I was like, oh, wait, there's so many places I can go. Uh, I was a kid. So. And she was, tw- I mean, she was 22, 23 at the time. And I think she realized, like, okay, this is not. Yeah. The guy I've been dating and I think- is, is jazzed because he just got his driver's license. So maybe I can let go. But also, like, again, you're thrust into this weird, like, you you sort of catapult yourself out of your home life into a certain level of, Adulthood, like yeah, oh the, no, yeah, was, the adulthood, professional adulthood, but also like street yeah. adulthood. You know, there's sort yeah. of a lot going on there. Yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't. You know, like I wasn't sort of this naive 15, 16 year old kid. I was. I was living on my own and paying my own bills, and so. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a sense uh, when you were at when you would would sort of pop into high school? Was there a sense of like? Oh yeah, this is like I'm. It's like going to a museum or a zoo it was or like so any other. Weird. Like it just doesn't feel like it applies I, to me. But I know technically I would, it's supposed to be me. Yeah, it was. Well, it, it was also really challenging because I was now at this point sort of conditioned to talk to adults um, as peers. As, as peers, yeah. You know, like I had. I was at work and we, we'd be talking about like, oh, do you want me to like, okay, so you're saying I, I go from over here to here and you're, you're talking about scenes and, you're, and the show that we were doing was, you know, there was singing and dancing and so we'd be talking about choreography and camera movements and, and yeah. so when I'd get into class, you know, I'd, you know, some poor English teacher, I'd be like, well, you know, we should talk about, you know, why <laughs> we're doing, like, why are we, you know, we should talk about why we're doing this. He's like, excuse me? I'm like, no, I just think it would be good for us uh-huh. to understand, like, you know, like, and he's like, you don't get to ask me that. I'm like, 
well, I'm, I'm taking this class, aren't I? Like, I, right. And I, I, you know, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, I paid to take this class, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I pay my taxes. <laughs> this is a public school. I, I don't understand. Yeah. And so there was all these, there was a lot of really like weird conversations of like, you don't get to ask me that. I'm like, what do you mean? If I walked into a store and bought right. some service, I would, I'm be, if I was going to go buy a TV at Best Buy, I'd be allowed to ask how the TV works. Right. What are your qualifications? Right. Why should you be right. teaching me this? Please oh, explain. And that did not go over well. Were you getting reinforcement from other young people that that was cool? Or like, was there also a sense of like, oh my God, dude, you are awesome. You just totally asked the teacher. Like, I would never. Oh, they or, just sort of, they were just, no, it was like, more you know, just it was, confusion. It's just more confusion. They were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening right now? And yeah, and, and I didn't know any of them very well because I was sort of in and out. Like, I couldn't tell you. So I ended up graduating from a high school in Burbank. Um, and I couldn't, I honestly, I couldn't tell you, I don't think anyone's name. I was so yeah. seldomly there. There was one girl I wish I, there was one girl I wish whose name I could remember because she was super cool. And I remember she lent me um, her dress one day to wear to school because I really liked, I don't know why. Yeah. I just really liked her. She was wearing like this very like, you know, 90s kind of Courtney Love. Sure, like, like a baby doll. Dress. Kind of yeah. A, and I was yeah. like, dude, that thing's rad. I want to rock that today. Yeah. Because I'd seen like Kurt Cobain doing it or something. And she's like, do it. I'll trade clothes with you. And she did. And then they subsequently were like, you can't be here in that. I'm like, why not? Yeah. Um, they're like, you can't wear a dress to school. I'm like, says who? Yeah. And then, but I can't I can't remember her name. But she had dreadlocks and she was really cool. And I can't remember her name. Well, yeah. this is an open call. We got to find this gal. Listen, I'm yeah. calling on the if internet to, to find if, this woman. If you went to Burroughs High School in 1993 <laughs> or 4 or 5, um, uh, 94 or 95, um, hit me up. We got to find her. Now, let me ask you this, because <clears throat> I do have some pals uh, in the biz who I think were also coming up uh, around that same time. Um who definitely were in like I just watched Soleil's uh, documentary yeah. uh, and and certainly there were you know people yeah, that Soleil, were kind of yeah, in we that were, scene yeah, um, that was all that was all yeah was I was gonna ask friends. like how much of that because that also is such a wild like I mean Soleil, account, Soleil like yeah Soleil's amazing I mean she's, oh my god I, mean, I I've only met her once and she introduced herself to me on a plane <laughs> And I was like, "That's Soleil. What, what is happening? I love you so much. Uh, she's, she's a joy. You could you so get that from the from her film. You really do go. She's very special. Yeah, we've all known each other since we were like 14, 13, 14 years old, and there was all of us. And and um, you know, uh, me and Brittany were uh, were were obviously really really close, and and but Brandis too, and those were all of our friends, and and so we sort of saw all of these." positives and negatives um but soleil was i mean even when we were i remember when soleil you know soleil said to me she's like i want to write this movie i'm like cool man she's like let's do it we're gonna write it in two weeks and i was like i don't think i can and literally a month later she wrote it i mean that's how she met her husband yeah that's how she met jason and she wrote this movie and then all of a sudden it was being produced and and heather was in it and, and danny was in it and everybody all the homies were in it and yeah she's always been that way yeah. Um, and she's never, um, she's one of those people. I mean, just amazingly, never been jaded. You know, the, the, it, it was interesting because I didn't, I haven't watched it yet. Um, I mean, it would be such a different experience for yeah. you than it was for me, you know. 
but um but i remember like i and i was thinking about it because i know that, that there was sort of they were talking about um about brandis a lot in it and you know the thing about what happened to to to, to jonathan was you know this business he started out you know as a kid very famous and, and had all this success and, and and then one day i mean literally one day they just turned off the switch on him and i remember like i remember how hard it was for him because he was he was actually a really good fucking actor yeah and he just sort of you know went through this phase where he wasn't a kid he wasn't quite an adult and it was yeah. it, if he had had and i don't know and this is the part i'm talking about if he had had the stability yeah. he had plenty of money you know yeah. he had a, you know he had a nice house but there was something else the the emotional aspect of it i remember i remember yeah. you know every once in a while we were all buddies and we'd hang out but i'd also see him occasionally like we'd all be auditioning for the same thing and i remember you know during pilot season brandis would show up to like studio tests network tests you know and have a t-shirt on that said fuck pilot season right. while testing for the show i mean right. and 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 there was a sense of like fucking hey guys, I've been doing this for yeah. so long, and now here I am, and it doesn't matter. And and that's the hard part about our business. Yeah, is this 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 unlike any other job, you work hard, you put in the time, you put in the effort, and you will sort of climb the ladder. And this is true for everyone in the entertainment industry, not just actors. It's true right. for writers and producers and directors. There is no guarantee or or reward for hard work. Or time put in, you don't hit, you know, a tenure. You don't, you yeah. know, that, and so one day it can all just be sort of taken away. Um, yeah. And and you know, it's one of the things I, I talk about with my friends a lot. Is like, why are we all like? I, I love. That's why I love guys like. You know, I love guys like Seth Rogen, yeah. and that whole crew, and and because they, br- they lift each other up and they, they want to give they, that sense of community yep. and yeah. And I and I I I I I, I harp on my friends. For years and like guys why are we not just we should just meet we should just meet and come up with ideas and and if there's 10 of us who haven't and fucking write something that each has a role for each of us and whoever's the best person to direct it or write it and yeah and because there's we, we get so because of this the design of the system sometimes we get so segregated from each other yeah. that we forget how much not power in in the sense of like you know um uh, authoritarianism but but power in the sense of autonomy if we all work together and we're like let's create let's do something yeah. let's make it happen let's you know and i and yeah that's that's what i would tell everybody is find your friends find friends and 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 just you know it, we've all had that experience where you work on something you build a relationship with the cast or the crew and you're like we're gonna stay in touch and then life happens and you don't but if we if we did more of that and you know it would it you know i think it would be beneficial absolutely Absolutely. Listen, I've, I've, now I've worked you into my web. Look, we, this podcast guarantees friendship for life. So you are in it now. I love it. I love it. I'm part of the JV club. You're part of the JV club. Um, well, this is, yeah, I mean, everything you said, it resonates so hard with me. And, and, and two, you know, that era, but I'm so blown away by, again, this, this sort of, I'm I'm just so blown away because I was such a fucked up mess when I was a, a teenager and you're supposed to be right you're supposed yeah. to be whatever that looks like for you and the idea of being someone like Jonathan who you know you know those are those are those those people that that we are are we sort of cry for in this very specific artistic way because 
God, how many times do we need to be reminded that money is not enough or that it's almost worse? Like the existential crisis, when that hits you, if you're quote unquote rich and successful, but you feel like garbage, it's worse, I think, than being sort of trying to scrape together this. Like there's something that's so dark about I should feel happy and I can't complain to anyone because everyone will tell me to fuck myself. Yeah. That that is it's, that is a very isolating thing that you yeah. don't necessarily have. And I'm not again, I'm not I don't mean to overgeneralize, but you don't necessarily have that same experience if you are struggling the same way your peers are struggling and you've never really gotten that success. Like that's a different yeah. kind of suffering. And um, and and it's 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 really heartbreaking. Well, to it's, see. It, it, you know, every every everybody's reality is their own. Yeah, and it's real. It's it's sort of it's it's like there's somebody said it to me once. It's it, it, it's really not fair for somebody with two broken legs to look at somebody with one broken leg and say, hey, you don't know what pain is. Right. <laughs> I don't right. I don't fucking know. My leg was broken and it hurts pretty fucking bad. It it doesn't make just because you know. The other person may have it worse. Yeah. It doesn't diminish your own reality and your own pain. And, and I think we do that a lot. You know, I think we do that a lot. It's, it's we we always sort of you know, we put things in boxes. And, yeah. Um, are these are the are your podcasts always this sort of existential? In, I mean, in they can be. It depends on like how heady the person I'm talking to is, and those, these like, are my I was favorites. Like, I was like, these I, are my I was favorites. Like, I thought we were going to talk about the horse scene and the horse trying to get up and you know, how tired, how late it got. I like, <laughs> well, I talk about teen years, so yeah. some people have like you know pretty lighthearted teen years, but most of us have you know stuff that we just go, Jesus Christ. But so anyway, just to put a button on this, the idea of being a young person accountable in an adult way in an adult world that is a huge market with tons of money at stake and try and then flirting with the like the clubbing scene while you also still have to show up for a grown up job at 5 a.m. the next day because uh, you're also in this thing that's paying you an exorbitant amount of money and you have it, it's been instilled in you there you know there is no second grip standing by who can be called in there is no key makeup person who can be called in because you're sick if you're not there chances are the entire group will not work that day unless they yeah. can shuffle around if you're in everything like you're in a lot of trouble kiddo so yeah. the idea of flirting with all of that is terrifying to me the yeah, idea of like that's a lot and then you're trying to go to college too like that is a lot that's a, lot, a lot for a 35 year old you know it's a wild jeez yeah. yeah man but look at you like you're so wonderful to be around and we just clicked the second we met it was like i love this well, person i see you you see me like yeah, you're you, I mean, a joy to work with. You're such a community player in that way, and oh, thanks, and man. so I'm so like I don't mean to like I don't mean this condescendingly. Like I'm so proud that you are this person who's had this like very textured, you know, life that's touched all these different things, and that you're you're just like so one. You're so wonderful to work with. I mean, that's oh, that's really important. You. Well, dude, I mean that look look it, it's. Um... I mean, I told you this on set that you're magic, man. 
Oh, you, boy. You, like, you're, Here you're, we go. Finally, we get to the part that yeah, I look forward to in the podcast where you tell me how great I am. Yeah, well, I can do it. It's been a long way coming. I could do it for a while. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, every, and it's, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're feeling it because everybody who watches the show just goes, she's bananas. Bananas funny and good. And um, I, I kept trying to say, no, I think she's benefiting from the writing because I was like, she can't be that much funnier than everybody else. Um, but I think you are. I think you actually are oh, just that much funnier than everybody else. Oh, um, but yeah, man. No, thank you, thank you. Because it was, it was. I mean, have you done a lot of a lot of like half hour comedy? Well, I come from comedy. I mean, so I know you I come say, from. Yeah, I know you yeah. come so from comedy. That's like doing live stuff or doing stuff yeah. that has that energy to it is very comfortable to me. Um, it definitely took like, and I'm sure it still happens. I'm sure I'd still audition for stuff, and people are like, "Someone needs to tell her this is on a multi camera." I think I, that went away, like, but it took me like six years of realizing, yeah. like, oh, smaller, yeah. oh, even smaller, just because I came from sketch. Like, what are you going to do? Right, and I and so even though me, I, my, I was a theater major, yeah, which served and me my, not at all, as you know, but as you mentioned earlier, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, so that so that feels comfortable for me, and it felt, um, and also I love working with kids, and yeah. I love the music of it, and I, lo- I mean, it was just yes. one of those perfect. It really was like, and I've said this before, but like, I did have that moment where I actually said, like. And I'm not saying the pandemic happened to me, but I 100% kept saying, this feels too good to be true. It's down the street from my house. Like, I, I'm in love with every person who was working on the show. It's too good to be true. And then it was like, and we're shutting down. I know. <laughs> and I, I look, I tell, I've told Karen a, a thousand times, this is my dream job. I, is, and it starts I, at the top, right? She is... Yeah. It's She's, so clear. Once you've spent any time around her, you're like, oh, I'm going to like everyone yeah. else around here because it starts with that's the energy she wants around her. And that's yeah. uh, she gets a say in that. And everybody is that kind of person. Therefore, yeah. no, you know, I, let's uh, fingers, get to make fingers toes, everything, I know. everything crossed. I hope it happens. <sighs> Everyone's like, listen, we got to do, we we don't want to let go of either Boone or Summer. So I guess they have to end up together. Like there has to be something. There's some reason that they're both a, in orbit no matter there's what There's a happens. beautiful, there's a beautiful, like even a better odd couple pairing of Boone and Summer. And I'm like, I'm telling you, like yeah. season three, it'll be the funniest thing ever when they finally. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. And if not, it'll be a spinoff. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Max Fun Drive's almost here. It starts on Monday, May 3rd, ends on May 14th, and it's the best time to support the shows you love. Here are some folks like you sharing what Max Fun and our shows mean to them. Most importantly, it's meant community. And uh, yeah, just thanks for hanging out, making joke em up, and making my week a little bit brighter. So, thanks, Max. Some fun for making me a better person and making sure that I'm surrounded by better people. Thanks again for all you do. Love supporting Max Fun, and uh, keep it up. Come back Monday, May 3rd for more details from your favorite hosts. We'll have some of the best episodes of the year, special Max Fun Drive thank you gifts, and maybe a few surprises. That's Monday, May 3rd. Until then. Hi. 
I have this last thing that I do. Uh, it takes it just takes a little bit, but it's uh, sort of the way of closing out the podcast. Um, but it's I play this mash game, uh, mansion, apartment, shack, house, and that is a uh, you don't have to do anything except just answer off the cuff, um, okay. and it's me asking you things that right. you like. And this is still something that is played today by young people. You probably missed out on some of it, although I would say high school is maybe a little late for it to be happening anyway. But it was very much like a way of killing time for me in grade school yeah. and, and junior high where it's like, okay, what kind of name three cars that you would drive. Okay. Now name the um, three different amounts of kids you would have. Okay. Now name three guys you want to marry. Like it was very that. So, but all, but I'm doing all the work. Basically what I'm looking at is I'm going to come up with these categories and it's like we're, cre- we're building this alternate universe for you. Okay. Um, and, and at the end there's like an eeny, meeny, miny, mo process where I'm like, all right, Eric, this is your, this is this whole alternate universe life that you're living with all of these wonderful things that you love. So that's sort of where I'm going with it. So for now, and you don't have to like, I see, I mean, I want to make sure, you know, like you don't have to write anything down. Nothing okay. is required of you except and uh, just, the willingness just, uh... to think off the top of your head. Number one, three bands that you living or dead. I don't care if they still exist or they broke up or whatever. Three bands that you would love to play with. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Faith No More, and Foo Fighters. Okay, great. Uh, three uh, crushes slash, now this is alternate universe, it could be a character from a film, it could be a character from a book, comic book, superhero, animal, I don't care. Three people that you have this alternate universe kind of steamy romance with. Um, okay, one would be Monica Bellucci. Um, two would be Deborah Harry. And three um, would probably be Billy Porter. Great, great, great. Okay, next one. Three foods that if in this alternate universe, everything is equal. There's no calories. There's no sugar. There's no murder. There's no ecological anything. Whatever you want, snap of your fingers. What would you love to have in perpetuity that like it causes you zero harm? Panda Express. Two more. Uh, Korean barbecue. Great. Uh, And... um, Probably, uh, uh, oh man, um, um, Pan Express again. <laughs> Great. In all honesty, it would be Pan Express. It. it would be Pan it. Express for all three. If I'm I, trying you to give think me when last time I had Pan Express was. This is very exciting to know that the, it, the love you have for it. Uh, number okay, next one: three movies that you can jump into, and it's like you're going on vacation inside the movie. So it's not that you're reliving the plot. It's like, but you can get in that world and just have the feeling of that movie whenever you want. Say that one more time. I couldn't hear that. You cut out for a second. Basically, like you jump into a movie, you can jump three movies you can jump into. So it'd be like Harry Potter, but it could also be like oh, okay. Goodfellas. Three movies. Like, three movies yeah. I could jump into. And nothing bad is going to happen to you. You're just in that world. That's easy. Great. Ghostbusters. Great. North Shore. Great. And Thrashing. Thrashing. We'll have to look them up. Okay, great. All right. Uh, tell me, what would you describe your mood as in one word when you woke up this morning? happy okay great all right will you uh while i quickly do this please uh tell people where they can watch country comfort and also uh anything else uh, of of your many many endeavors that they should check out because you are wonderful and where they can follow you and stuff uh yes um everybody should start watching country comfort this moment right now quit your job don't do anything else leave your kids in the car watch country comfort 
uh, on Netflix. And um, if you're a person who's like, I don't, I don't like multicam comedies. Like they're just dumb. You, I, I'm telling you, give it an episode or two, and you will be like, this goes down so easy. It is so yeah, funny. If, Everyone if is so good. If you, if you, if you think that you don't like lighthearted, sort of sweet, cute, you're, don't worry. This show is dark. Because edgy, I would have been like, oh, this isn't for me, and now I'm like, yeah, it's no, my favorite this show, show is, is there's, there is, you know, if you're if you're not one for like family comedy, this is the perfect show for you because there's drugs, there's sex, there's violence, um, and if you don't like those things, drugs and sex and violence, then this is the perfect show for you because there's singing and music and there's love and it's sweet and so it magically has everything. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then yeah, you can uh, follow me on. Uh, I only have a couple. I think I only have Instagram and Twitter, and it's just at Eric Balfour pretty easy very easy very worth it i am excited to give you your alternate universe mash life uh first of all i want to congratulate you for the vacation shack again mansion apartment shack house i don't decide it it's inside thrashing so i don't know what that looks like for the like the thrashing shack seems like it's gonna be like a skate shack or like a it looks like the daggers clubhouse there you go. There you go. What are you going to get? A mansion? Gross. It's like, a, no, you don't want no. that. You want this like badass little shack. So you got a shack in Thrashin. You are sharing that shack with the supremely badass Debbie Harry. And uh, you, <laughs> you are unsurprisingly having all the Panda Express you could ever possibly want. And Fantastic. I'm talking no bloating. I'm talking no fat. I'm talking no no nothing. It's, it's all good. It's all good. And you still have plenty of energy to play with the Foo Fighters. Oh, great. That is what's happening in your Dave MASH time. world. I know. My dear friend, this has been so much fun. What a treat. This is Thank coming out. So this got, I'm turning this around. It's coming out tomorrow so that we can get those Can't com- to share. country comfort viewers. Uh, so I'll send you stuff. Thank you for sending me your pics. And uh, everybody listening, thank you so much. And I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.